Yeah, so uh, episode 86, uh, we've got a, a repeat guest, one of our favorite guests, if not uh, the top of all time. Um, definitely one of the guys <laughs> that was first uh, to jump out and show us support in the community, so we're always grateful when he comes on. Uh, Michael Allen. Hey guys, good to be on. Yeah, definitely. Um, so yeah, we just wanted to have uh, definitely get you on and um, get your... Get your thoughts on a lot of things going on with NYCFC, uh, specifically right now. I mean, the, the big talk is this big exodus of players um, losing. I, I can't even count at this point how many players we've lost. Um, we were talking to Juan the other day um, and kind of getting his idea of, you know, what, what he thinks the biggest loss is. And I think that'd be my, my first question for you is, in your eyes, in Michael Allen's eyes, what is the biggest loss for NYCFC this this offseason? Um, right now, my, my thoughts, uh, the biggest loss is the number 10 role on the team. Like, we, we lost both Maxi and Santi. Like, it, it was always okay losing Maxi. We kind of knew he was getting older. It was going to be the, the end of the thing. It was assumed that Santi was going to be basement, but uh, when he went as well, then we have no real number 10. I mean, we've been starting a 14-year-old there through most of the preseason, and he's by all accounts, really good. I haven't seen him play, but he's still 14 years old, and we can't—he he can't be our number 10. We got to bring somebody in there to fill that role to create that that thing. Keaton Parks did it last night. Uh, from what I can tell, you know, it was a good game last night in the exhibition. But um, that's to me is where we need to fill that hole. That we've got everything else sort of a, a rough 11 everywhere else, but we need that number 10 role to get in there. Yeah, talking about Maximo too. I I was listening to your guys most recent Blue City Radio um, episode with Paul Harvey, which was really cool with all the analytics and everything, but you did touch a little bit on the number 10 thing, because, I mean, how could anybody right now film a NYCFC podcast without talking about it? Um, but you mentioned how, you know, early on, this was actually last night was the first preseason game where we didn't see Maximo actually start um, in that role. And it to me, I liked how you guys talked about um, how NYCFC likes to make the headlines and they may just go out there on that week one game and start Maximo just so, you know, for the, the course of however long it takes to break this new youngest player record, um, if Maximo does end up being that for starting, um, that may be something they just do in order to grab those headlines and like generate some buzz around the team. Um, and then I think it, it's also kind of in, in uh, opposition to that is as we get closer to the season in the second presser, Cushing talked a little bit how um, early on with all the, the beginning preseason games, he was trying to kind of test some things out, trying different formations, playing players that were kind of on the fringe and trying to figure out who would stick. Um, and that as he got closer to the kickoff, he wanted to play those players that he knew were locked in. So I almost thought that hack last night against LA Galaxy was kind of telling of what we may see as an actual lineup against Nashville. Yeah, I agree. I think that's exactly what we're going to see. Like right now, to me, that's our starting 11. I mean, there's some debate about maybe O'Toole or Amundsen, which one of those guys you want to start back there in the back. Um, maybe maybe this new uh, kid, Linick, maybe come in and, and push tape a little bit. But as, as far as we saw last night, I feel like that's going to be the 11 that we start the season with, unless we bring somebody else in there. I mean, S. Cushing about that at the second press conference about about Maximo, and, and he was very clear to say that, you know, look, they they have a development plan for this kid that he's really, really good and really, really bright, and uh, but he's not a starter. He's not a he's not a first, it may not even be first team. I think we'll play him some. I think he'll see some time this season, but he's not going to be the guy that starts that. So 
the game that we the the lineup that we saw last night against LA, I think that's who who we're looking at for the first game against Nashville as well. Yeah, I mean, what are your thoughts on Carrizo? Because I'm not sure we've talked about him a ton on our show. Yeah, I, well, I'd like to see actual video of him playing. I think that that would help me a lot in my assessment. Um, you know, I I think when you have a number ten that's closer to the age of ten than twenty, um, that that's a little scary. Um, it's it's definitely scary to put him in, into that in that position. Um, but look, I think this is this game's beautiful because. You can put a 14-year-old into a team, and he could be a spark plug. Um, that's what's great about this game is, is youth really is something that can drive a team, um, and we're going to have to rely heavily on it this this upcoming season. So, um, yeah, I think he could be he could be a huge spark plug for sure. Yeah, and I think, um, uh, like you said, we haven't gotten really to see much video of like Maximo playing, and I think right. the biggest thing to talk about with this preseason not that we've ever gotten a ton of footage but i believe last year there were at least there was at least one game that was streamed potentially two that we got to watch and at this point we've gotten to see like absolutely nothing so trying to idea on what we've seen piecing together training photos and preseason photos and then um being blessed with a radio stream last night from the opposing (laughs) team which sounds crazy to say was it actually was a little bit of a like delight. Like I was up until like twelve thirty, listening to the whole game. Yep. We were like live tweeting it out, and I mean, from all accounts, it sounded like things were going pretty well, especially right. for the first team players that we imagine um, should be starting. Did you like get to catch any of the the stuff from the stream last night? Yeah, I did. I, I listened to the radio stream. I mean, I got it was it was great and also frustrating because it was the LA announcers, so it was, <laughs> yeah. they, were, they were very homey. Um, I hate it when they, they wouldn't say which player, they would say like the defending player that was yeah. against Chicharito there. And I was like, come on guys, know, know, your, know the other team. Yeah. Let us know who, who that defending player was. Uh, I was frustrated that way and also was piecing out things on Twitter about finding the people at the stadium with, yep. they were taking videos from the Jumbotron. and All and the reposting. beat writers and stuff. <laughs> yeah, so you got to see a little bit of the, I mean, we got to see all the goals. We got to see, I, I was really impressed with Freeze last night actually, uh, coming out and making that save there at the end to really... Um, you know, keep the the win there. Uh, I he's a guy that I think is really interesting in our pickup. I, I hated losing Sean Johnson. Gosh, maybe that's the guy that we missed most. I don't know. No, um, <laughs> I hated losing him. But getting Freeze, uh, he he might be really exciting to to see. And I wouldn't be surprised if he battles for the starting spot this season. Yeah, I was gonna say Sean who there, but um, <laughs> exactly, exactly um, right. No, the, the, that there's... guy, that guy, the Toronto player, the Toronto <laughs> yeah. player guy. Well, there's two conversations there, so maybe we could dive into like Sean first, and then we'll we'll talk a little bit about Freeze and you know who the starting keeper might be. But I feel like the the community seems pretty divided on the thoughts on Sean taking off. I feel like it's either like you know more power to him. He went and got his money. He he feels like he may go up there with the Italians and challenge for a trophy. Um, and then the other ones are kind of like he's getting booed at the stadium. If we don't put five past him, I'm gonna be upset. Um, and your, I think I lean more towards the heel side of it, not not totally in love with Sean Johnson anymore. And then you lean more towards like the friendly the friendly side of it, Mike Clown. So I wonder what what your thoughts are on Sean. Uh, I mean, based on when I was born, I'm told I'm supposed to be in between. I'm supposed to be hot and cold. Um, so I'm supposed to have days where I really feel like, you know what, Sean Johnson, just be the highlight reel that you were giving everybody last season when you were in our goal. Um, basically everybody that could was putting you on a poster um, and you kind of salvaged that and, and had a ton of clean sheets 
But then there is a side of me that's soft, and I, I saw him win us a, a cup and win us our first cup, um, win us multiple trophies, be that captain that we wanted him to be. Um, so it, it really depends on the day. I think it, it depends on how I wake up. That's how I feel about it. Um, but ultimately, when I look back at it in maybe five, six years, I'll look back at Sean and just I'll have a sparkle in my eye. How could you not? Yeah. I mean, he, he gave us everything. He gave us everything he could. Yeah, I think it's fair to say that, you know, we, we obviously don't have a cup without Sean Johnson yeah. saving those two pens, saving a pen against New England. Um, so, you know, there's definitely love deserved for him in those eyes, but it does. But that's why it's, that's why it hurts. It, that's it, why it hurts that he left. Yeah. And so it does hurt when you help build a player up and the player helps build the club up and, and, you know, you grant him captaincy and all that. And then, and then he, you know, walks off with some Italians, you know, it's always, <laughs> it has to be a nightmare. Yeah, I mean. You don't have to cheer on your ex-girlfriends. You can still be right. happy and have a good time with your ex-girlfriends, but you don't have to like you know, actively date them after they leave you. I mean, yeah. that's, that's, that's how I feel about Sean. I, I don't blame Even when they walk away with an Italian, right? Exactly. They walk away with an Italian, that's, you, that's their own thing. What comes More after power them. to them. Exactly. We can, we can smile about you know, what he gave us and you know, certainly be happy with what he gave us, but yeah, I'm absolutely going to hope we light Toronto up this year. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, and actually... Uh, I think that well, so I think I think many teams in the East have kind of bolstered themselves up, and I don't want to jump past the starting keeper argument, so we'll we'll talk about that next. Put but on the shelf. yeah, today I saw um, Will Forbes. If you're familiar with him, I think probably a lot of people within the MLS Twitter community know that name. Um, uh, boldly decided to release his MLS season predictions. I think probably way too soon for his own good, because obviously people can acquire players that will completely change the complexion of their team. Um, but he had NYCFC down in the 12th position as that's where we're finished. And when I saw that, I felt like I kind of had to check my bias for NYCFC because I feel like I swing so much farther in the on the pendulum with where I think we're going to finish. Um, I'm not saying top three, but I, I but wouldn't you did say four. You said four. Yeah. I mean, you said four. <laughs> yeah. So I'm not saying top three, but I did say fourth on camera. Right. Um, and that is that is a massive difference from 12th place. Right. And it made me have to check kind of my bias and, and my copium or hopium for the team and, and what I see in the guys. I was just wondering, when you guys see 12th place as NYCFC, which would not be making the playoffs, what that kind of makes you feel? I mean, it makes me feel sort of like what all we've been talking about, right? Because we've lost so many players, we haven't been able to see the team at all. So all we can really judge is what we see on paper. And what we see on paper is... A good starting 11, I think our starting 11 will probably be up with anybody game for game, but this is a long season, and it got longer by the addition of this tournament in mid-season too. So there's a lot of games, there's a lot of injuries. I, it's when, when one of those starting 11 get injured, that's when I feel like we're really going to see a drop-off. And we saw that a lot last year, and we had players to come in and fill in and do the job. This year I don't think we do. I, don't, I think our bench is really, really light this year, and that's where I think Will and I, you know, myself on our – podcast on blue city radio I, I was really low on the team a couple weeks ago I, I i really think that need we need to bring some people in and we need to boister this this roster somehow um so i i, I get his this prediction i think it's a i think it's a it's a down it's a pessimistic position but I, I don't see how we lose that many players and come out and be a really like we're not contending for the cup this year i don't think that that's a valid expectation for the team. yeah i mean uh I, I believe I, I would echo the same the same thoughts. The, I, I think that um, we've lost way too much to be 
as competitive as I think we would want to be. Um, but there's things like our run, our cup run last season, which could have ended very, very differently for us. And um, we were going into those playoffs kind of thinking, whatever happens, happens. I don't know that we should really be here. I don't know that we should really be in, in this position um, after each game. It's, it's those moments where I think maybe this team just has that something special um, to be able to pull it together and put together a great season despite the thoughts or the doubts or, or anything from, from the outside world. Um, they kind of have this ability to tap into something else. I know we've lost a lot of those players, though, so um, I, don't, I really don't know what, what to think. I think the first couple of games will actually give us a really good picture of, of what's going to be going on. Yeah, and I think we have we have a, a tough run of first couple of games, too. Um, I was kind of re-watching the, the second press conference in anticipation of the recording, and Cushing even called that out. Um, I believe, I, I can't remember the question that was asked, but he had called out that, you know, we have two very tough away matches, and then our, our home opener is, is not going to be easy either. Um, and that what he kind of wants to focus on is remaining patient within the team, um, because there is a possibility that when, when you play Nashville's, um, especially now that they're added to the Eastern Conference, um, which will make it you know even harder to, to place higher, um, that things might not go well. And he kind of wants to remain focused on like togetherness, um, being physically fit enough so that players can go um, regardless if the results are not going their way, um, and kind of leaning on those things to kind of call back to if, if the season does start off rocky. And I'm wondering if maybe he's become a little bit more realistic with his thoughts on where we're at as a team right now because the first press conference he said word for word um will be as competitive if not more competitive than we have in past seasons um and that almost seems like an impossible task based on the players we have now versus what we've had yeah i thought back at that press conference with ronnie dialer when he was like very open and said like we don't have the players to, to run make a run at the cup, and then yeah. then Cushing said that a couple of weeks ago, yeah. and I was like, wow, that's that's a that's a really bright outlook for this team. That <laughs> when you lost like basically everybody from that championship team, it's, I admire his enthusiasm, and I, I guess it's good. What do you say as a coach, though, if asked that question? Like, what do you say? Like, well, we're not going to be very good this year. You can't <laughs> you can't really say that. It's a, it's a tough position for him to uh, to be in there. I'm sure that you know the way they're training, the way they're they're going. They beat LAFC last last night, and that was a pretty good, you know, what been in the preseason. That that bolstered confidence in the team a lot, at least in the starting eleven. I I think that the first, I think we'll start okay. But again, I think when injuries hit, and they will hit this year, that's when we're really going to see the test of this team and this roster. Um, we're going to bring people in, if not before season opens. We're definitely bringing people in in the summer. There's there's. All this stuff that they're trying to work out. Cushing even said it at this last presser that they're actively negotiating with players right now, and we don't know who they are. But he wouldn't comment on any of it. But there's, they're bringing people in, so it all depends on who they bring in and what we do and what, how we how we can integrate those people in the team. So I hope Cushing's a genius and a, and Nostradamus and predicts us to be. I hope I hope he does everything right this year and and we win the cup. And I'm absolutely wrong. <laughs> well, I mean, so speaking of Cushing and kind of the 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 team aside, um, the Cushing talk is something that's kind of been put on the side for a long, long time. I don't think people have really, I think maybe they've gone back into the fact that this is the guy for now and we really have no say in that and he's probably finishing another season with us. Um, 
your opinion of of Cushing at this moment and kind of what he's done and what you think he'll do going forward? Look, I think Cushing has a lot of bright points. I mean, I, I think he's he's had success with the women's team in Manchester City. He knows he can coach. He, he knows tactics. He knows developing players. And I think it's great what he was talking about with, with having a plan for Maximo. You know, things like that, I think the Cushing is really, really good at. Um, and I think, he, you know, he was when we were all sort of down on him last year, uh, certainly myself included, we were – he was in a tough spot injury-wise. And he lost a lot of games because our, play, our roster was depleted. And we have – this is why I keep harping on this injury thing with him. Sure, I'm not sure we have the pieces that we had last year um, to see what happens with when Cushing has to deal with that sort of swath of injuries again. Is, are the results going to be worse? What happens? You know, I don't know. It's my verdict's still out on him. I don't think that he had the time last year and the roster last year was completely healthy to really get things done. He certainly gave us a good run in the cup, um, made some good changes and adjustments there. I'm curious to see what he does uh, as a you know. Tyla, everybody had everybody before this had like a championship pedigree. Cushing has that on the women's side with Manchester City, but he doesn't have it with the men's game. And I'm curious to see how it translates into this full, first full season with him as a head coach. Yeah, and I think you hit it on the head. You know, it is it is much deeper than having the players to fill a starting eleven. Um, it's it's having that depth to step in when you know especially in our team we think of some of the guys that uh are kind of more injury prone or getting later in in their career um that can kind of go out you know you have chano who who is liable to potentially pick up a knock at 33 and you know knocks are a lot different when you're 33 than when you're 23. (laughs) um you have alfredo who who has you know mentioned in press conferences that it, it has been a little tougher for him getting back into the game since the the injury at the end of last year um but you know, on the flip side, how motivated he is because he missed the playoffs. Um, and then Keaton as well, who obviously everybody is, you know, super concerned about his health and making sure that, um, you know, we can keep him on the field to the best of our ability um, and how important he will be if we do. But, you know, we kind of have to pray and hope that some of these NYCFC two guys are going to step up. And at least from the, you know, the broadcast we heard last night, um, once all the guys were on, uh, like Dennis had a pretty good game, obviously was credited with a goal that was a little ambiguous not really sure how it ended up in the back of the net but he was definitely a part of the build-up play um but i think if if some of these nyc two guys can click we'll be in like a pretty much pretty better situation than than we think we are yeah definitely um and and i guess we can kind of circle back um speaking of the last game kind of reminded me of the of the topic that we did kind of gloss over um with the with the transfer of the keeper uh from from philadelphia who obviously you know, like we were saying with Juan, he, he's going to have to prove that he does not have that Philly blood in him anymore uh, before we fully <laughs> embrace him. Um, but it's it's almost a transfer that's going, you know, under the under the carpet or under the rug because um, I'm not sure people really respect how good this guy could be um, and how, how important he'll be in pushing Barraza to be the player that we need him to be. Um, and so when, when, when you're thinking of this potential battle who do you think uh right now is is leading that or that race Rosa probably is leading because he's got the you know he's got the time here he's put in the time with the club the Cushing knows him all the coaches know him he knows the the system what seems to me that that's working against freeze is that he he comes from a totally different system they play a totally different system there in Philly than we do in New York 
Um, he's got to learn how to play out of the back. He's got to learn how to distribute like uh, Barraza knows already knows how to do. That's that being said, you know he's I've seen him play. He's a good shot stopper. We saw it last night in that in that uh, LA game. He really has good instincts. He's really quick, athletic, very smart guy. Went to Harvard. Um, played for the U.S. men's uh, under uh, under twenty three team. Was a starting keeper for them. Um, this guy can play. He can play keeper. I'm I'm curious to see what he does. I think he'll develop in uh, the 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 footing um, to make this work. And I think he'll develop the system, learn the system well enough to go. And when that happens, I think it's going to be really interesting to see who ultimately wins that job. Roth has sort of been the guy who has been the heir apparent for the past couple of years, but Freeze is a guy that can really is really, really capable. And I don't think we would have gone out of the way to get him uh, in trading with Philly if we didn't think that. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. I, I feel like we've been pretty, uh, pretty supportive of Barraza, especially the last few episodes when we've kind of come to the conclusion that Sean was going to take off. Um, and it, it's funny how one performance can really have such an effect on somebody's thoughts. But, I mean, after the radio broadcast last night, um, you know, Freeze, he did end up giving up a goal, but, it, you know, that, that has to be credited with Cheneau, really. It wasn't Freeze's fault. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but then, you know, saving saving Douglas Costa's pen, too, I mean, guessing the right way, it's you know it does give you kind of flashbacks of like Sean Johnson able to stop shots and stuff, but I I think there will be there there will be some growing pains with with learning the system and um, I imagine it could even potentially be like a hot hand situation where if somebody kind of falls out of favor during the season then you you know you try the other guy out and competition is always going to be king with keeping both of them on their toes because um, you know hopefully neither get comfortable. Um, so I think having, having both of them around are going to, they're kind of, going to kind of sharpen each other, um, to make sure that, you know, somebody's fit. And I think we'll get by with either one of them in that, you know, as long as they're at sort of an average form that we've seen from them before. Yeah, no, I, I, I just think Braz is too good with his feet. Um, it, it's like, it really comes naturally to him when you see him play out of the back. It, it just looks very natural. Um, as opposed to when Sean first got here, it did, looked very unnatural, um, we really had to craft Sean into that guy that could play that role. Um, Barraza did not have those growing pains, and I think he benefited a lot from being the backup keeper and being able to not have, um, you know, that that crafting of of that on camera all the time like Sean yeah. did. Sean had to go out there and learn it immediately and put it on tape, um, whereas Barraza got to learn it behind closed doors and um, make his mistakes in training. Um, I just think that we'll be a better, faster-paced team with Barraza um, leading the back, I just think his his passing's so so superior. Um, I, I just think it'd be it would take a lot it would take a lot for Freeze to take that that position. Yeah, and I think yeah. um, or go ahead if if you've got something. Well, no, I was just gonna say like I mean last night there's there was like some talk about whether Barraza picked up a knock last night or something like that. It, it yep. takes something like that, right? Yeah. Like for Freeze to come in and have to be the guy, you know, to come in and do that. We got to see Barraza a lot more because Sean got to go away for these international breaks, and so we saw a lot more Barraza. Um, we've seen a little bit of freeze from that, but I, because of Blake leaving for international breaks in Philadelphia, but we know what these guys can do, and I think it's going to be a really interesting battle. I, I love Barraza's distribution. I think he's really great with that, too. I think freeze may be better natural shot stopper. I'm not sure. Um, I think there's something to the fact that each of them got a half last night. Um, I think there's, there's, I think the battle's already started. Yeah, I was going to say last night um, in the broadcast, like 
every single time that the announcer brought up Barraza's name, it was followed by, and he plays a ball to the midfield. Like, every single time. Right. It, it was, like, hardly ever playing out of the back. And, like, the one time that he did play out of the back, it was the miscommunication where I guess he ended up having to, like, wipe Chicha out. Um, and it just, it, it was funny how, like, every single time you heard Barraza's name, it was that he was playing it upfield to somebody. And I, it just, it, it does kind of excite me to have a keeper that would do something like that because, you know, Often that was not what we saw, and you could we all, I always thought of when Tiago first arrived on scene, Barraza was behind playing that ball up to him for that you know wonder ninetieth minute goal to sprint down the field and kind of cut back and finish it, um, and it's all it's always kind of been like a you know what if Barraza got the time to go, um, what what would it look like? And I think NYCFC fans should be excited to kind of finally get the opportunity to see what it looks like. Definitely, yeah, no, I'm excited for that, and. Um... Yeah, and another part of the field that it, it kind of has some question marks, and it's a guy that you just brought up there, uh, with which would be our left. I would assume our left wing. I mean, it depends on what what formation we decide. I know um, I forgot who it was, but someone someone was asking tactical questions to I think Keaton, mm-hmm. um, and I, who knows what it'll be? Who knows what it'll look like? I don't even think Keaton really knows yet, and the team may not know yet. Um, but that left wing position that we're assuming is going to exist, and we're assuming Tiago is in in charge of right now. It's his job to lose. Um, do you see him performing well this season, or um, do you see somebody else behind him kind of taking that spot? No, I, th- I think Tiago has a has a great season this season. I think he's 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 a guy who's been hankering for playing time, uh, and he's going to get it this season. We don't we just don't have another guy to come and do what he does. For me, his his problem has always been just endurance like can he keep it up for a full 90 minutes because he might have to do that sometime this time and that's going to be the big change that I think he's going to have to do he's going to have to step it up I think this whole season um Magno uh, you know uh, Pellegrini all those guys up front are really going to have to step up and own their own positions and become the guy like before we had Maxi as the guy we had somebody else there was always somebody else that you could rely on of those guys those young players are going to have to step up and be those guys and that's going to be really fun for me this season, watching who steps up and owns this team. Yeah, and it's funny. Well, so you two are both in the same camp with Tiago, and we talked a little bit about um, about Tiago with Juan, and um, Justin was saying that typically. So last season, we heard a lot about him in the preseason, <laughs> um, and and then we didn't end up seeing much from him on the field throughout the year. And this season, we've heard almost nothing about the preseason related to Tiago, um, aside from his great performance last night. Um, so you kind of were feeling that that would lead to mean that maybe he's going to have a pretty good season, at least yeah. to start off. I hope so. Yeah, and then and then that game proved it. I mean, uh, we ended up getting you know better footage than just the the recording of the big board from one of the LA beat writers um, of his goal, and it, it was honestly a really good goal. I, I love to see Alfredo play that long ball up to him, um, Tiago take it down with that control, and then the the composure to think, hey, I could just chip it over this guy. Um, is not something that I'm sure I've I've seen from him before. I feel like typically his decision making has maybe been a little bit off, and we've and part of that is because I don't think we've put him in a ton of great positions um, to excel. We've kind of not treated him or not really played to his skill set. Um, but I just thought it was funny listening to the broadcast when Tiago scored. I thought back to our conversation. And I was like, well, maybe Justin's on something with Tiago. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think we all hope. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. it's it's funny. Um, you know, it'll it'll be funny to see how Cushing kind of uses all of the attacking players, or even just 
all of the players that we have in general. Um, you know, because when you're when you're listening to the radio, you're not getting to see everything that's happening off the ball. You're getting the commentary on, you know, what, surely what's happening on the ball. Um, and sometimes they don't even know, like you said, they don't even know the players' names that they're comment, commentating on. Um, but it was interesting. I think it was Coach Joe um, tweeted a video where it was uh, the new right back, Elenik, mm-hmm. um, making a, a, a run, uh, a wide run, playing a ball across goal. Um, it's interesting. I, I Just in your opinion, I, you know, how would you use the width with this team? Would you use it with the wingers or... You know, or the fullbacks. If you were the manager, if you were Nick Cushing today, uh, well, you know, Cushing t- spoke a little bit about that before, saying that he's he's experimenting with the four-three-three uh, tactical flexibility as well. So, I think we'll see both, and I think I think under Cushing we'll see more direct balls than we have seen in the past. Like Dyla mm-hmm. and, and um, you know, previous coaches have all wanted to like really build out of out of the back and and really build up with a lot of different passes. I think I think there'll be a lot more direct to the wings and then crossing in uh, this season. I think it's just in Cushing's mindset. We saw that last night with the Tiago goal that you guys were talking about. Um, there's going to be a lot more getting the ball over into those guys quickly and directly, whether it's whether we're using the fullbacks or whether we're using the wingers. I think it's it's just a matter of, um, you know, what what tactical you know, lineup we come out with. Uh, but I think we'll, we'll push and we'll definitely try to get the crosses in and get those balls into to Magno in there in the center. Yeah, and then, you know, talking about uh, Lenich a little more, I mean, I'm not going to ask for any kind of scouting report because, I mean, we've we've been through the Google searches trying to find literally a shred of information about the kid. But I feel like the, the transfer fee of, I think it was a million and some change, you know, even though he's 19, like calls to the fact that, like, he probably should be getting some playing time. Um, and, and if we are in, like, a 3-4-3, three, three, um, you know, you would think that Tavon would kind of fill in as like a right center back and then that would leave a Lenich who, you know, with a price tag like that um, should probably be getting some time. Do you feel like that that price tag is going to demand something from him? I guess definitely in terms of expectations, but in terms of like demanding Cushing to give him some time. Well, certainly expectations, but I think that I think I think it's only how he performs in, in training and in games that that's going to earn him that time. He's gotten a lot of a lot of hype. You know, you do those Google searches, you see he's like rated really highly for under under twenty year olds in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, he's he's you know he's he's a really good young right back that we've got here, and we saw last night that he can get forward, he can get the good. That was a really great ball that he sent in there. He's quick, he's pacey, he has technical ability. He's nineteen years old. He can only get better and develop more. It's really up to him, I think, when he gets time. He's going to win that time. Avon does really well at the center back and I think Cushing wants to play a three man back line mm-hmm. uh, so I think that's the hope that we can do that and then then if we need to go to a more defensive shape you know we can we or we want to go back to back four Tavon can go out to that right and we can take Linux off but I think I think he'll be starting sooner rather than later unless there's some real problem with him uh, you know as a player as a, as a human being yeah I think he's really like you said there there's a lot of hype around him I think he's even um, if you're thinking digitally, he's like one of the top 10 prospects on FIFA career mode. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just, you know, this guy that plays now for New York City Football Club. And um, it's weird to think that NYCFC can have that type of product. Um, I would just love to see him flourish and be that player that we think he could be. And that he'll probably be one of the guys that ends up like Angelino and, 
you know, he, he plays with us for a little bit until he can't, and he goes up to the big leagues. But, um, yeah, I, I think the kid can do, can do a lot. Like you said, he's very, very quick, um, and he's young, and I think he's going to definitely demand that time. Yeah, and then I think, you know, talking about the right side of the ball, on, on the opposite side, we obviously brought in Kufre on loan as well, and he's a little bit more established than uh, Alenich coming from Mallorca. You know, there's actually some highlight tapes out there that you can find on YouTube, and you know, he's got a little bit of a left foot on him, you know, kind of GPS. I, I saw him hitting a couple bangers um, back from Mallorca. But on the left side of the ball, for me, um, a name that you brought up earlier, Mike, was talking about Matty. Um, there there were questions throughout the press conferences asking Cushing kind of more about where he sees Matty fitting into uh, into different positions. And obviously when we were last on the Blue City radio show, I was a big cheerleader of Matty and said he would kind of be the – the story of this season so you know Matthew don't prove me wrong um but he, he was asked whether Matthew could fill the 10 role and Cushing said no and that well he could do it but that he would prefer to play him kind of on the wing um and then I believe in the second press conference somebody had asked Alfredo about what players he thinks or that he's seen play in the 10 during training um and the names that he listed were Carrizo, Keaton, and Matthew so I I do wonder where Cushing is going to fit him in, especially if Tiago goes out there and grabs the reins of that left wing, um, you know, where Matthew is going to fit into a team like this. Yeah, I mean, I think Matthew's going to be on the right, to be honest with you. I think he's going to be, you know, Cushing said he wants to play him outside. He'd rather play him outside. Uh, Matthew's a different, he's just a different, that, that Cushing's words here. He's a different type of player than those other wingers that we have and a Tiago that we have. He's more technically, um, Sound up with his feet, I think. Uh, he's got. He plays. His style is a little. He's not as fast. But he's really strong on the ball. He, he can really hold up the play. He can really. He can hit a good ball in. He can play very technical soccer. Um, Tiago is very good with his feet, but uh, at pace. You know, he's he's running at players. You want him running at players with the ball. Um, Maddie's a different guy than that. So I think it's a. I think it's going to be a technical battle. What he can do. He's one of those guys, though. I think that that we're lucky to have, and I think we really got a deal there with him especially how it all worked out because let's not forget he was the first dp that amy signed um yep. this guy has some skill and has some potential and it's it's just up to him to live up to it i think i think you, gosh i think you can say that about so many players this year you know has got to live up to his potential matthew's got to live up to his potential tiago's got to live up to his potential like there's so many people parks can finally come into his own and have a healthy season i think there's so many guys that can really like blossom this year and become real leaders on this team and that's going to be again that this the thing that I'm going to really look forward to seeing. So do you see Matthew, I guess maybe a little bit more as depth because when I, when I think of right wing, um, I can't imagine a world where GP isn't, you know, busting, busting out to see or breaking out. Um, and I know you've, you've been a pretty big supporter or at least very hopeful that this is going to be like the coming out year for GP. Um, and I mean, really it's going to have to be if, if we're to be competitive in this league, um, so I, I just wonder how Matthew fits into that role too when you have somebody like GP who is, you know, supposed to be the guy for us, really. Yeah, I mean, GP, yeah, I love him. I think he's great. Um, he's, he really can have a great year this year as well. It's going to be interesting to see. This is where Cushing is going to earn his, his money, right? He's going to choose, mm -hmm. he's going to tactically choose between these, these four great players up top and where they fit in and how he wants to play tactically on this. And me, you know, I, I know he says he wants to play it outside, but I would like to see Matty in that number 10 role. I'd like to see, I think it's a perfect fit in there for him. But if Cushing sees him as more of an outside player, then I, again, I think it's going to be tactical to see which one of those guys comes in there. They're both going to play 
every game, I feel like, unless one of them's hurt. It's just a matter of which one starts and which one finishes. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would love to see Matsy in the 10 roll, too. Uh, do you have any thoughts on him? Um, Matt, yeah, Matsy, I just think he needs to break into the lineup in some way. Um, I think he's very dynamic. He can play in, you know, multiple different positions. I think um, trying, I think sort of back when, when we were trying to find a number nine when Hey Bear went down, um, kind of just tr- plugging different pieces in. Um, is going to be the best way to replace somebody. I think trial by fire is absolutely going to be the best option. You know, whether that becomes Matty, whether that becomes Talas, it could be GP, it could be any number of these players. Um, I think GP could even end up playing on, on the left wing. And, you know, if, if we are to play more direct, um, then surely it'd make sense to throw GP on the left side and, and have a player like Jason on the on the right-hand side to deliver mm-hmm. balls. Um so I, but as far as Maddie goes, I think he just needs to break into the team because he's got so much potential that if he could just tap into it, um, he could help our team in, in so many different ways. And we haven't we haven't seen much yet too. That's, exactly. That's the whole thing is, uh, you know, and it does kind of make me look silly too because why so blindly trust the guy? You know. Well, um. that's kind of our season right now. <laughs> we have to kindly blindly trust a lot of everything people. that that's being fed to us um while we're kind of like getting little glimpses of, of what's going on really behind the scenes yeah yeah no I, I think it'll be interesting i mean i think i think we're at a point where we're gonna have to bring in some players i thought it was kind of telling too that in that second press conference um alfredo mentioned that he would like to see some players brought in as well I, i'm not sure i've ever heard like a player actually say that about a roster um so that that kind of stood out to me but it's it it seems good that you know Cushing and and David Lee and then even the players like Alfredo know um, the leaders on this team that they're looking to bring people in and and hopefully as far as I'm aware it looks like they're working towards it from everything we've heard from Cushing and you know they, they those could just be you know media answers but um, <laughs> it seems like they're aware that pieces needed to be added to this team. Yeah, and I liked what Cushing said in the first press conference about not just adding any pieces, about being mm. patient with the pieces, pieces they add. Yep. I think that was really that was really good of him to say because a lot of people are like saying sign players, sign players, we need to sign people, but it's not that easy. Right? Yeah. And so I think that all the time we want to like simplify it and just say like just get somebody for the number ten. Well, how do you find a really good number ten that wants to come and play in New York and and how do you get them in MLS? You know, okay. it, it's a it, if anybody can do it, I feel like City Football Group and the scouting network they have is is second to none. I feel like we can find the players to come in and do this, uh, but it's going to take some time. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if we didn't add a like, significant player until like this summer uh, when the when it gets easier to sign people from Europe. Yeah, I I wonder how I wonder. I just wish I could know right what the what we're going to look like in the summer. It's going to be it's going to be tough to know. Um, where where we're exactly at then but uh it's just funny how you know the same thing we talked about with one how how things stay the same and how they change all at the same time um you know with maxi taking off we always knew it would happen and, and didn't necessarily plug the issue um and then the same thing with the nine but it seems like naturally talas has sort of become the solution for that and it's it's funny you know up until this point we haven't even mentioned talas um and i'm not sure if that's a product of I, I guess I kind of make the assumption that he is definitely going to have a good season at the nine, yeah, yeah. and I and I'm not sure. I mean, obviously we've seen a lot of great things from him, but that that is a guarantee in my mind. But when we think about it realistically, it's not necessarily a guarantee. Right. Yeah. No. I think it's um, 
us not talking about him is a product of our confidence in him. Mm. Um, that you know, if he it, what, wherever he's playing, he's going to figure it out. He's going to score some goals. Um, he's going to give us those moments, you know, where we want to rip our shirts off, or <laughs> if we're playing the Ronnie role, we could rip our pants off too. Um, but no matter where he plays, if if the number nine isn't uh, where he ends up, then then um, he's going to produce for the team somewhere, mm. and someone will plug that role of the number nine or the number ten or whatever. Uh, but in in Talis, we trust this. This is Talis. This is his season to Let be. Cook. Yeah, well, let's not see that. It'll end up having like a Russell Wilson season. Um, but no, I think definitely Talis is, is like a guaranteed to me to perform. Yeah, I agree. This is his year. I mean, it, this is this could be his last year at NYCFC because I think he's going to have a really big season. Mm. He's going to play that number nine a lot more than he ever has. He's going to score a lot more goals than he ever has. Highlight footage than he ever has. To me, the only thing that I would that I've I would be critical about his game in any way, really, is, is his ability to just purely finish. And we saw Tati have to develop that, too. Like, Talos has everything. Technically, he, he's amazing on the ball. With the ball, he can play a number of different positions out wide in the center, number nine. He can do a lot of things. But what I didn't see him do last year is really, like, own that goal and, and really just, like, destroy a ball like we saw Gabby Pereira do a couple times. We saw other people do a couple times. I want to see him put that ball in the back of the net, come, and that's the development I want to see this year from from Magna. I think he's gonna have a great season, though. It's gonna be, if he can get the service, if he can get the balls to him, then he's gonna have a great season. Yeah. So, talking about Talas' production, we're trying to do something. Um, in every episode that we record, we're doing like a whole a whole guest run this month for those not aware. Um, trying to bring on it like at least two guests a week. Um, leading up to this kickoff. Uh, we're collecting the Blue City Radio hosts like the Infinity Stones. We've got <laughs> Michael Allen first, and then uh, you know, you know, talking with Jr. and Michael Under a little bit, trying to figure out when we can get them on. So that's you know maybe a little sneak preview for what's to come in February. Um, but we're trying to put everybody we bring on through the ringer of this little over under um, quick round of of questions that we give. So we're gonna throw you out like a number in in a category, and then you're gonna tell us over under whether or not somebody or whether or not it'll happen. So. Um, for the first one, we were looking at total team points, 49 and a half. Oh, man. We asked this last on our episode last, year, last week, and, and I, I said 48. So I've got to stick with what I said then. I'm going to say under, but just under. Yeah. I, I believe I said over in our last episode. And we have the, we have the pleasure, as you oh. called out in the last episode, of, of getting to revise our answers each time. So, you know, as new yeah. information come out, we, we can kind of <laughs> – make updates to, my, to what we think here's my caveat to my answer is that, that that's with current roster construction okay <laughs> there you go there you go time stamping yeah i was gonna say when we i was gonna say when we clip you in uh september we'll make sure to include uh that little part of of the clip yeah i want an asterisk next to it says this was before olivia Giroux was added so yeah um i just a, I said my one. I said. Yeah. I was gonna say a quick caveat. Yeah, I, I wish <laughs> I wish we would go full French the way that Toronto has go gone full Italian. Bring in bring in Pogba, bring in Giroud, um, you know, give it a few years and get Griezmann in here too for yeah. the stadium announcement, and I'll be the happiest Frenchman if alive. In, if Mbappe wants to, you know, work out during the summer and have a nice loan, <laughs> he can come over as well. Yeah, um, yeah I love it. I love it. Uh, next one, um, over or under six and a half clean sheets. Over. Over. Still over? He's still over. Yeah, still over. Um, and then 
talking back to the tallest point that brought the whole thing up, we've got the tallest goals at 12 and a half. I'm going to go over. Over. Always take the over. Yeah. Over? <laughs> Always take the over. Um, Tallis is going to have a big year this year. He's going to have a big year this year. Yeah, and then I feel like I know your answer for this one. Um, nine and a half uh, GP goals. Over, yeah. Over. Man. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you probably also think then we're going to finish around like third or fourth place. I mean, if we're banging in all these goals. Now, listen, this is my problem with the East is it's gotten so good. Like, every, ba- every bad team is so much better than they were last year. Like, it's it's going to be anybody's ball game in the East this year. We could, I could see us finishing in third or fourth. I could see us finishing in seventh. I could see us finishing – I really could see us finishing in twelfth. I mean, current roster construction, anything can happen. Yeah. Every other team is better, though, and Nashville has been added. Yep. It's Yeah, it's going to be tough. I was just going to say that that's a big X factor that Nashville has been added. You know, that's almost with, with how good they've been in the past. That's almost, you know, a full place that could knock you down. That wasn't previously there. Um, but then last one, Tiago goals, six and a half. I'm going to go over on that as well. I'm not as confident about that as, as, as the others, with the other two, but, but, but I'm going to go over on that as well. I think, I think all three of those guys are going to have big seasons. Yeah. Yeah. I believe, Last episode, I said under. Um, I'm gonna stick with it. I believe you were over as well because you're on the Tiago hype train. I think I've already train. changed my answers. I think we're I've talking already... about Andrade, right? You're not talking yeah, about yeah, yeah. Tiago <laughs> yeah. Martins because that, that, I mean, that's a different answer for tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'll go Tiago uh, Martins. The I'll go with him over seven. Yeah, I mean, if it was Collins, uh, maybe I would. Uh, maybe yeah, I would say yeah. over, but you know, we don't have the the luxury anymore of that. So, um, but yeah, I mean that that's all the over unders. Um, you know, I think it'll, I think it'll be cool to look back. We've, we've never in the past done like a ton of predictions where we put stuff on paper, you know, to see how wrong we are at the end of the season. So we kind of, you know, thought up something on, on what we can do to maybe be right if, if, if we can be, um, but yeah, the only, the only, the only thing I would add to it would be, who do you think is going to be the biggest surprise? Not, you know, a name that, you know, people may not be thinking of, um, so I guess I'll subtract like the GPs, the Talas, the uh, the Tiagos. Who's going to be the biggest surprise for this season? Dart throw. Um, hmm. I actually think the biggest surprise for the season might be this Atlantic kid that comes mm. in. Um, by the end of the season, I think he could really grow in and be like quite a player. And I wouldn't be surprised if we're like not all singing his praises by the end of the season. I think he's I think he's got a lot of potential. Uh, once he gets and learns the system, I think he could be a, a real big surprise. Yeah, I think that's a good answer. Yeah, yeah. I'll say Justin Hack. Oh, you I'll, took it from me. I'll fall on the on the nails. I'll, I'll fall into the into the cave. I was just gonna I, say, are we allowed to answer because we're not guests? Because I'm, I'm gonna I, just say just because I want it. I want it <laughs> out there um, that I'm a Justin Hack supporter. Um, and I want the kid to do well. I I don't care, you know, what he's done in the past. I think he's a kid that has a lot of confidence. Um, that can play, he can plug a lot of holes for us if the ship is sinking. And um, I just, I trust that the kid's going to, that he's going to do well this year. Mm, yeah, to me, I think the most important part is uh, not only that he can do it, but he's going to be put in a position to. Um, we know that Cushing loves him. Uh, I think last night was telling as we get closer to the regular season kickoff what the lineup's going to look like, and he was plugged into it, um, sort of in that six or the Sands role, right? Um, so I, I think Cushing is going to give him all the opportunities that he needs to either prove us really right or prove us really wrong. And, you know, whichever way it swings, it'll be good to find out 
you know, with a homegrown player, what, what he's really about um, to kind of finally get closure on, you know, what, what the kid's all about. Yeah, definitely. But yeah, I think it's really smart. I, I, I agree with you guys because it's part of his development, right? We, we, gotta, we can't forget that this kid is still developing into a, a full-time starter for the team. He got a lot of minutes last year after Cushion came on. He wasn't getting many minutes at all under Dial. He was playing for NYCFC two, but not first team minutes out on the field. And Cushing was the guy who gave him his chance. Yep. So let's see what he can do, you know, with the full season under his belt. So that that experience and growing on that. So yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's all I've got. Yeah, I, I feel like that just about, you know, wraps up I, I think it's episode eighty six. Um obviously there's a, a ton of different ways to find uh, Mike online. You know, you can go Michael Allen on Twitter. Um, he, he's a part of the Blue City Radio, which is, uh, I believe, the longest-running podcast. So it's always crazy when we get to touch base with you guys. Um, just in general, I mean, coming, coming on your show or, or you guys coming on here um, has always been a super delight. And uh, uh, we just appreciate all the support and everything. Yeah, it's great to be here. I mean, we're happy you guys are around. And it's always fun to come on the show and talk in soccer. I love talking to my CFC with anybody I can talk with. Definitely. It's great coming on and talking to you guys. Uh, thanks for having me on and inviting me. And if anybody wants to find any more of my work, I do. I do work for Prost America um, to cover the the team I write for them. So after the games, I'll I'll have an analysis there of each game as well. So yeah. Perfect. Yeah, yeah definitely look out for that. And um, yeah, you could find uh, Post Ninety Podcast anywhere that you you listen to a podcast. Um, join the conversation on Twitter. That's the best the best way to to be in the community. Um, we all love talking to each other. We all love uh, kind of coming together as a community and it's it's fun when you see somebody from Twitter at the game and you're able to kind of connect in a, in a real human way so um, follow us on Twitter that's the best way to get connected to the NYCFC community uh, to people great people like Michael yep. so um, thank you guys for watching and uh, peace see ya